and we are back. Talking about a film that was uh, put on this list by a, a co-host who is no longer with us. In that she doesn't uh, record the podcast. If she's not that or anything, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really decided if I had to correct that. As I was saying, it, you know, it sounded like we were sitting at her funeral. We didn't put a hit on him. We didn't? Shit. Gotta call it him real fast then. Um, so we're on our... We're going to Delve. We are... Um, we are reviewing today something that I had seen and you had not. Mm-hmm. Called Children of Men. It is a 2006 near future kind of post-apocalyptic uh, sci-fi film. Yes. Kind of. It's... I don't know if I would call this sci-fi beyond the... The idea being that they're, in the future. they're portraying 2026. 2026, yeah, 2026, 2027. Uh, it has a absurdly good cast. It has an absurdly good director. I, yeah, I mean, it's... I don't know who the director was. Uh, Alfonso Cuaron. I don't really know. Uh, he did Gravity. He okay. did the third Harry Potter film. Okay. And so, those are, that's all his English language films. So we have, uh, like, we have Clive Owen, Julianne Moore, Michael Caine... Schwittle Elijah Four? I don't... Like, he was in, um... I don't know how to pronounce his name. But he was the operative in Firefly... Uh, Serenity. Okay. We have Charlie Hunnam, who I didn't recognize. Anymore. I didn't realize Charlie Hunnam was in this. I didn't either, but I believe them. <laughs> it has a good cast. It is not... Technically... A bad movie. No. But that doesn't mean I enjoyed it. <laughs> I can see why you wouldn't enjoy this film. It is immensely depressing, and the director carries it off very well. He he brings you into the hopelessness of the future and allows you to fester there. Yes. But it also gives you the emotion of the, and the themes of hope that this film carries. There is a thread, a constant thread of hope in this entire film. That's a major theme of it. It is, and it's not. I have trouble really engaging with that because he does such a good job at putting you in the, in this movie. Like, yes, I understand. There. All right. So the plot of the film is that uh, I don't remember the specific year, but sometime in the past. Not too far in the past, say 18 years in the past, I think, about, mm -hmm. we have a flu. This flu renders us, I don't know if they knew how, but it renders us incapable of breeding. No children are born. And they didn't know it, which is really odd to me. I suspect the governments knew it, and they just decided not to let the, the people know it until they absolutely, until they figured it out themselves. Because... They t they have some anecdotes by um, a nurse in the film who's just like, yeah, people, we just stopped having um, OBGYN visits, like appointments for like prenatal care. And like, like and I, that's, I guess that's how it happens. So the movie, at the point where they are now, it's 18 years in the future. The youngest person in the world at 18, 18 or 19. 18 if you want to think, yeah. Right. Just died. Um, in a senseless bar fight. Yeah, he, he's, he's, he's murdered because he got into a bar fight. Because he didn't want to give an autograph. Because he's super popular. Um, 
and it's breaking people's hearts. People are watching the TV. They're crying. We're in a future where basically the entire planet is in flames, except for the UK. The UK has developed a military state that is very tough on immigration, and that you are not allowed to come there. Yes. And if you are there, they're going to, at best, escort you out. At worst, kill you or put you to work, I think. I think there might be some. I think there's some forced labor camps as well. Right. And we have Clive Owen being our main character, who's just ambling through the beginning of the film, just without hope, without motivation. He's friends with Michael Caine's character, who's a cartoonist. His wife, who was tortured for a reason I didn't quite catch, is adult. And they live out in a bunker in the middle of the wilderness of the UK. And that's basically where we start. Yes. And he does, the director and the actors do a very good job at making you hopeless. This is a depressing fucking movie. Not only because of the situation, but you see basically every character, but your main character, Michael Caine, and a couple of others, have lost any sense that there's a future. And because of that, they're their most selfish, hopeless iterations of themselves. So, like, even if someone seems to be a friend, they're not a friend. Like, even if someone, like, looks like they should be helpful or helpful, they can't. They can't exit that. Because the main plot of the story that you find it out maybe a third of the way through? Uh, yeah, about a third. Is that there is a girl who got knocked up. Yes. She is pregnant. And lots of people have lots of ideas about what to do with her. And that's really the basis of the story is she's kind of entrusted to Clive Owen through various things that happen and he has to help her make the best decisions along the way with other people going, well, we can use her as a tool for revolution or, um, or she'd do propaganda or they'd sell her out or yeah. Right. And it seems like mostly the people with the most hope are saying we need to use her. We need to find out why she's pregnant and hopefully create hope for the future. Mm -hmm. But no one else that's involved with this can think to that level about the future. There's no hope left. There's no possibility in their, their brains that she could represent a rebirth of the human civilization. It's just not there. It's not there until the child is born. Even when I think when that, that is when people, when people see the child, things are to change. Not everybody. I know what you're talking about, but even when the child's born, there's a beautiful, beautiful scene. Uh, towards the end of the movie, they're almost out. They're going through the border areas of the UK, trying to get off the island of Britain, mm-hmm. or at least to the edge of it, to the coast. And she has the baby, and it's crying, and she can't get it to stop crying. And all of a sudden, people realize there's a fucking baby near there, because there's mm-hmm. soldiers fighting each other, because people are trying to come onto the island of Britain. And it's, it's a big thing. It's constant conflict. And... As they walk, a ceasefire is called throughout the place. And every time they get to a person who has a gun that's firing, he stops. 
Because he sees, like, sees our fucking baby there. And it's not like, oh no, there's a baby in my battle zone, I shouldn't shoot. It's, holy Christ, there's a baby. And it's a holy moment. Mm -hmm. There's no other way to describe that, it. That this is, that they're seeing a moment that, that, that their history could be turning back to a future. But the problem is, and the reason I disagree with you, is because the second they leave the area, the barely, they're not even totally out of the, the conflict, the firing continues. It's just like gone. It's erased. Like, it's not a lasting thing. It's not like they're like, there's a baby. Maybe we shouldn't shoot each other. It's up, gone, boom, 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 boom. But what I'm saying is as soon as they know that there is a baby, they do stop. It doesn't, it's not permanent. But that knowledge could go out further than there could be. Maybe, but I still... The way in which that scene stops leaves me to doubt it. Yeah, it's a door. But, um... So, yeah, I... I'm not... I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I just think it's... It's a very tenuous line of hope. It's not a strong line. Oh, no, it's not. It's, but even that tenuousness is, is an infinite jump from where they were at the beginning of the movie. Who the fuck was Charlie Hunnam? Man, he's got top top billing. I think he was one of the one of the fishes. Yeah, I just like he was no one. But Charlie Hunnam isn't isn't a distinctive actor. He is he is nowadays, I think. Honestly, and I and I say this, and I love Pacific Rim. You could face him with any other. That's not because of Pacific Rim. Oh, it's because of uh, that that motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah, but that's make no mistake. I know why, but. <laughs> Even at Pacific Rim, you could jump out with any other generic white man, no. and it wouldn't change the film. I, I think Charlie Hunnam did a great job in Pacific Rim. He's kind of he's really wooden in that film. I disagree with him completely, but that's a different day. That that is a that is a critique of a different day. Yes, feeling good now. We're, we're arguing again. I know. We're back to fighting. Batman, Superman, whatever. Fuck that noise. Let's fight. But neither of us will you know take any real bloody wounding. No, not really. But no, I, I just, I don't like the movie because I don't like anything that's that depressing. It's just, it's not a healthy place for your brain. That said, it's very well done. It, is, it has so it has amazing cinematography. It has amazing cinematography, it has amazing acting, there's good direction, it's solid direction. You can tell. Um... There's some really suspenseful fuck scenes, like when he escapes from the fishes with a oh, and we should, the we should, girl. We should point out that the fishes is the uh, terrorist rebel group All right, yeah, so that we, they're working with. We've been trying not to care about spoiling movies that are a decade old at yeah, this I point. Mean, yeah. So his Julianne Moore plays his ex-wife, who is the leader of a terrorist organization designed to to combat the anti-immigration policies of the UK's military states. Um, she has found this pregnant girl. They need to get the pregnant girl to the coast because her plan is to get it onto a project. Uh, the human project. The human project, which is basically a bunch of scientists got on a boat and got the hell out of Dodge before civilization crashed. See, you know how the movie could have ended worse? Mm -hmm. If that, we found out that that didn't exist. Right. That would have fucking crushed me. A boat showed up. Yes. So, like, and I was wondering, I'm like, wait, 
I don't remember what happens. Where's the boat? Like, Where's the boat? Like, I was like, watching the whole time, I was like, they're going to get in the boat, and it's not going to be the human project. That was my thought process. Right. So, that's her plan. But there are other aspects of the fishes that have different plans and want to take over. And they do so. They set her up to die. And they have different plans. They want to use this baby and this key, this pregnant girl, as, like, a way to unite the different the people and the different terrorist groups to to combat the government and take power. Yes. So you have Clive Owen, who basically just he he still loves his ex wife. He he mourns her when she dies. He sees this pregnant girl, he, which he doesn't find out she's pregnant until after his his ex wife dies, which I thought was an interesting mm-hmm. scene. And he just he just does the right thing. Like, in his mind. He's, yes. He's just like, okay, she thought this was a good idea. I think this is a good idea. Well, he, he put his total faith into, into uh, Julian. Julian Moore's character. Yeah, Julian. Yeah. Julian. So, and so had the girl had put her faith into Julian. Mm-hmm. So they, so that's, so he, he, he takes her from the fishes who don't have her best interests at heart. No, they, they, they want to use her in the child propaganda. Right. And they, they may, he basically uses what resources he has, including Michael Caine, to try and get her to the Human Project. And that's really where the, the story goes. Mm-hmm. I found it, like, the one of my favorite scenes in this movie, because it made me so fucking uncomfortable, is their escape scene. Yes. From the fishes. Because it's, it's real time. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get this car moving. It's It needs to be jumped. It's not starting. And you see these people running, the cars going downhill, and you're just like, they're going to catch up to you, they're going to catch up to you, they're going to catch up to you. The film is, I honestly, like, this film, ignoring the story and everything else, the direction of the cinematography, I think, are some of the best I've seen. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's brilliant. No, yeah. No doubt. It makes me want to watch his other films, which I haven't really seen. Like, you, you might like Gravity. Gravity's heavy, but... Gravity sounds like I don't want gravity because it sounds like another really fucking depressing movie. You'll, you'll get you'll get to gravity eventually. Hmm. I've assured that. Oh good. Wheels have been put into motion on the enforcement of depression train. In any case, no, I agree with you. The cinematography and the direction are fantastic. The actors are all talented actors who know how to take direction. Interesting note, as I'm reading about this movie, Clive Owen contributed a great deal to the script. Not necessarily for writing it, mm-hmm. but basically they wrote, and then they gave it to Clive Owen, and he made suggestions and, like, helped edit. Because, like, they, they really, like, he apparently had a really good feel for the characters. For the characters in the movie. And, like, I I am indifferent to Clive Owen. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, he, he does, I mean, he's not someone who I'll jump... Four. I can't even think of movies he's in. I'm sure, aside from Sin City. I, I, I'm in the exact same boat with you here, but this film, he was phenomenal in it. He's, I, and I would say he carried it, but this is a... Everyone kind of carried this. Everyone carried this film. Right. Between him, between Michael Caine, who basically based his character on his good friend, John Lennon. <laughs> like, they apparently were really good friends back when Lennon was alive. I can see, yeah, I can, I can see where that's coming from. And it's just... Yeah, he's playing aging pothead. Not only are they... They're talented actors, but it's quite obvious they're talented actors 
who take direction well. Yes. Because you can have very talented actors like... Um, Nicolas Cage. A good example of this is Nicolas Cage. And, um, crap, what's his face that's in the Luke King movie that I hate, I hate him, I hate him. James Franco. Yeah, James Franco. Like, I, he's a very talented actor who I don't believe takes direction well. No. Or, you know, the canonical answer being, yeah, Orson Welles. Right, Orson Welles is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Love him, but he's fucking horrible. I feel like that's, that's the canonical answer of actors don't take direction well, or Marlon Brando, you know, there's a number of people who... Sure. But these are all very talented actors who obviously take direction very yes. well. Because they acted the crap out of this movie, but they did it in a way that worked really well with the framework they but, were given. But, but no one was trying... Also, no one was trying to ever show anyone up. No, not at all. It was an ensemble yes. film that worked well. Um, even, like, you had, like... I forget who plays Key, but she did phenomenal, and I don't get the feeling that she's done a lot before this movie. No. Maybe one or two small things and local acting, who knows, but yeah. He's just not in anything that I know about. I'm like looking at his film. Um, this is Clive Owen? Owen's filmography, and I'm like, nope, none of these, don't know any of these. Like, I recognize the name Clive Owen, but yeah, I, I couldn't... I mean, there's a lot of films, but, but uh, none I've seen. <laughs> I'm familiar with Shoot 'em Up. I saw the first Elizabeth film. He was in the Pink Panther? Apparently. The same year. Agent 006. Uncredited cameo. Sin City, Children of Men. Yeah. He's been in a ton of stuff. He was in Closer. A lot of TV. But I didn't. I don't remember seeing Closer. He was in The Born Identity. I do remember him in The Born Identity. He was one of the assassins. I mean, I think this is one of the films that sort of people, people think of him. I certainly do. Yeah. He's, um, he's going to be in uh, Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets next year, which is either going to be really good or really bad. I don't remember anything about it. It's a, it's a Luc Besson sci space sci-fi film. Okay. But in any case, it's – the whole movie is just – It's a phenomenal film, but you really have to be in the right headspace right. to watch it. It is the best film I will never watch again. And I, I respect that. This is not a film – I can't comfortably say if you're, you know, I don't even know the person I'm recommending this to if they're in a good space to watch this. But frankly, like, speaking as an advocate for uh, mental health hygiene, if you are a person who is prone to depression, you should not watch Avoid this like fucking play. movie. Yeah. It, it captures you. But no, but God, what talent in this film. Yeah, but there's no, there's no, there's no technical element that is, poor, that is even fair in this film. This is everything like four out of five or better. Mm -hmm. Element for element. No, this is, it's a fantastic film that probably, as much as it won a lot of, uh, it seems to be a lot of awards, it probably did not win enough. I don't think it won, it was nominated for a few of the big, big ones. It was nominated for three BAFTAs. Like two uh, Oscars. Nominated for three Academy Awards. Yeah. I don't think it won any of them. Which is a shame. It is. It won... The Saturn Award for Best Science Fiction Film. Well-deserved. Which, again, yeah, if, if we're calling this a sci-fi film, I don't know what else was not in that year, but I'm sure. Uh, it's 109 minutes, so not quite two hours. It's, it, it's, but it feels like it's all two hours, if not more. It, you're, you're there. You're, you're in this one. You're engrossed in the film. But it's just fantastic, and I, I recommend, like, this is one of the times where after you read, 
the um after you watch the movie, read the Wikipedia article. There's a lot of interesting anecdotes. It looks like they took time to have the creators of the film write about their personal experiences with some of the actors and stuff like that. Like they quote a lot of like whatever interviews they did. It's quite interesting. And there's a lot of early talent. Like 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 um Chewie Little that guy and Charlie Hunnam. Um where like they weren't quite big then, but they've yeah. started to become. I need to go back and watch his Spanish language film, I think. Yeah, I don't really know too much of what he's done, so uh, uh, Alfonso Cuarón stuff? Yeah. As far as English stuff, it's gra- this, Gravity, and the third Harry Potter movie. Third, third one is... Fraser Basketball. Which is one of the best. Yeah. If not the best. It's been a while since I've seen the movies and... It has, but that's definitely... That's the one I remember most. Fraser Basketball and um, the, the Tribes of Tournament one are probably the But I also like Sirius Black as far as characters go. Yeah, but I thought that I thought that that one, in terms of capturing the mood of a book, mm-hmm. did the best. Yes. Um, and then everything else he did before this was Spanish language, as far as directing goes. Oh, cool! So I'm sure they've got you know subs. Yeah, yeah. But he's definitely one of those people. He's won a god. He's won a lot of awards. And even if there wasn't when those things came out, he's since gotten a best director award in the Oscars. That. You know, people would be scrambling to get those films up. Um, he, I easily see him as being a director where eventually we just pull three films and review them. <laughs> well, again, there's only two more English language ones, and then and and, spend, what and, is a, that and a few Spanish language ones, dude. I know we we review anime. I know. <laughs> this is also one of those that like I would love to see him do more films, but he's done. Prisoner of Azkaban, what 2002? He's done three films since then. This is 2005. Yeah. And then one film in 2014 that he directed. Which, you know, if, if he, he won the... Yeah, he won Best Director. You know, he, I think he deserved it for Gravity, but it's one of those... He might be one of those directors who you get a one film every five to ten years from. 17, no, 17 nominations for Gravity, and he lost five of them. Yeah. <laughs> He won. He won twelve awards for his work on Gravity. But um, in any case, uh, what else? The story is. It really he captures the helplessness of a population. Mm-hmm. The way they interact with characters is just. I mean, the like, world. The world is completely broken. I think one of my one of my favorite examples of that is the guard that buys pot from um, Michael Caine's character. That enters as kind of um, a save a salvation character, but exits as the character who like basically ruins lives, mm-hmm. betraying them for money. You know, he he is completely living in the moment of the world. Exactly, because you don't know if there is a future. Exactly, but I think, and he's the but he's the only person who reacts negatively to the child. Yeah. But, in all fairness, we don't really have a lot of opportunity, once a child is born... No. ...to have people interact with it. And him. So, like, it's hard for me to, like, just base everything on that. But he is one of the reasons why I'm looking at this and going, there's no hope in this world. 
They don't care. I try to not base everything on him, but even like the, the quickness that they go back to fighting and like, it all contributes to this idea where you're just not sure whether one child born to one woman is enough to put hope in You're not hearts. sure, but it's enough to start if it's with, with a few more people. Um, we should say that the film Source is the novel The Children of Men by P.D. James, which undoubtedly will be really depressing. depressing. Uh, based on the same thing, describes what happens when society is unable to reproduce using male infertility as the reason. But uh, I wonder if they won any awards. I was like, this is a movie. Like, I could, the book could be crap. It could be one of those yeah. things where the book's crap. Like, I, I and have, he just turned it into this. I have no desire to, to read the book out of how good it is. Yeah, because I... Like, this, this, this movie is, is so strong. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of religious tones. Yes. A lot of pan-religionism and... Sort of everyone kind of... Gra- some people grasping for their last bits of hope. Oh, I do. Like, the... Their portrayal of the technology of um, 2026 is right on target. Like, yeah, right a on little, fucking target. A little better than where we are now. But we're not... That's 10 years from now. Yeah. I easily believe that 10 years from we'll now... We'll be where, where they are. Yeah. That is... It's rare for someone to do even near-future stuff. And not that crazy. And have it someplace where I'm like, no, that's right. I mean, the only technology I, I, I'm thinking of in the film is like the collision detector in the car. The collision detector in the car. I think we had some phones. We had some. The there were the advertisement screens, the, the broadcasting screens on the, the uh, buildings. We have that now. Yeah, but theirs is better. It's just more. Yeah. It's like it's more in line with the technology that we'll see in the future. Although keeping in mind that their technology is most it's likely very hindered. Dated. Yeah, their probably technology is probably hindered. Like, I doubt, like, most of that stuff was probably in place. When the... Well, yeah, I mean, or like they developed some... Like, 10 through, years. Yeah. They pro- they're, they're probably... They probably stagnated around now. Right. And at the same time, um... Yeah, it's just like the, the technology's a little stagnant. Uh, 18 years from that would be, what, 2008? 2008-2009 is when they said the flu happened. So, yeah, I mean... Like, I think it was a realistic portrayal that I easily bought, which is important. Like, you can't watch a movie like this and have something like that pull you out. It's also important to note that these cars that were very futuristic were still, like, suffering from some major, like, um, like, they needed to be fixed. Like, a lot of these... Yes. Like, a lot, the fishes were using... They, they broken feel, down... They, they feel like cars from, like, you know... 2000 and, uh, you know, 2026, 2020, 2016. Well, you know, we're not that far from a heads-up display in our car. No, we're not. I, I easily see that happening by 2020. Oh, yeah. I was at 2018. Yeah. Like, I'm sure if you go to the auto show... It's there. There's yeah, some it's literally there. The it's literally just there. I mean, yeah, backup cameras are mandatory on cars built the next year. But no. Okay, so my final verdict is if you have depression triggers... Don't watch the film. Take our word for it that this art exists and move on with your life. If you don't have depression triggers, it is well worth watching at least once in your life just to see something that is, from a technical perspective, beautiful. Just brilliant at every point of the film. There's Like you, like you had said before, there's not 
when you're talking, you know, something out of five stars, there's not a point that you can point to in this movie where you're just like, that's less than four stars. Yeah. So, yeah, if you haven't seen this movie, and I believe that there might be some of our, our standard listeners who haven't, go and watch this movie. I mean, like, I will never watch it again, but that doesn't mean it wasn't a wonderful movie. Um, last words? Uh, I, same level of recommendation. Uh, I, it's a near perfect technical film. I, I find hope in it, but I'm also a more hopeful person, apparently. You're definitely a more hopeful person than I am. So you bring a little more hope into my life. And then I shall take it away when I leave. <laughs> That's great, Con. <laughs> Um, what's next? Next up uh, is a rando mini pick. Ooh, Dangerous Ground. It is. It is Dangerous Ground, and it is, uh, has some mixed results, to be sure. <laughs> uh, I am going with the tribute to 80s sports films known as The FP. 